Snap Studios. If you could split yourself in two, and everything you want to do, your twin could manage in your stead, while you stay home asleep in bed to fight the shadow no one knew. Or would you curse the both of you? You're traveling the dark path of spooked. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. From KQED and PRX, you've crossed over to Spooked. People often ask, how it is I get to tell the stories I do on this show. Well, my people get mad at this glimpse behind our tightly closed doors, this peek behind the curtain. And the truth is, my family, they don't listen to this program. In fact, I doubt my mother and father know it exists. I'm not saying it's a secret. It's like anything else in my family. Just another thing you don't talk about. And the notion of me openly discussing the mystery, diving into the very moments that make the least sense. Wow. I know that mine is not the only family where this simply isn't done. A thing is or it isn't. We do not discuss the shade in the chair at the dinner table. No. We simply pull up another chair beside it and ask someone to please pass the salad. That is enough. Don't look it in the eye. Talking words about it, naming it for what it is, not us. Uh-uh. That way only leads to ruin, to catastrophe. But I wonder sometimes if perhaps we should ask, who is that at the dinner table with us? What do they want? And why are they here? Spook stocks.
this is special. This is family. Tell everyone to leave you alone for the next few minutes because unlike our normal modus operandi, Spook producer Annie Nguyen, she didn't go too far afield for this story. Mm-mm. No, not today. Because today, Annie asked her own father to tell her a secret. And now we know where Annie gets it. Spook. My dad's always really good at picking up the phone and helping out whenever I need him. He's there for any car problems, big house moves, and he's always there to make sure I have a steady supply of dried shrimp. I know that my dad loves and cares for me, but it really bothers me that when you get us both in the same room, he and I don't really talk much. I usually try to ask him about car mechanic work and his past life in Vietnam. But he gives me a quick answer, scarfs down some food, and runs into the living room to check on the sports game. But one day, I started talking to him on the phone about Spooked, and I asked my dad about his experiences with ghosts. I thought it wouldn't go anywhere, but I was wrong, and he started talking. Did Grandma ever tell you any scary stories? Yeah. My mom told me once when she was walking alone late at night, she saw this figure and then she realized it was a ghost. And when you heard the story, like, were you scared? Me? No, I'm just scared of heaven and hell. <laughs> I'm not scared of ghosts. <laughs> But how about now? Do you believe in ghosts or not? I don't believe in ghosts. But there is this weird thing that happened. Hmm. In 95, I went home to Vietnam. My brothers, my sisters, we were all together at my dad's home. We're all sitting at a super long table. We're eating dinner. You know, it's like a party. party, you know? Over 20 people, you know? A lot of people. So friends and family from all over the village came to celebrate my dad's homecoming. It's a big deal because it's a small village. At most, there were 20 homes there. So everyone was really close. Like when there was a flood, most of the village huddled on my grandpa's place on the top floor. People looked out for one another, and they also partied a lot. In Vietnamese, there's a word just for eating, drinking, and hanging out. There's chicken, duck, pig, and shrimp. It's loud and chaotic. People are eating and drinking, talking, smoking. But I don't smoke. And then at the end of dinner, the real reason that everyone is here comes up. Finding the lost caskets. My eldest brother says, the graves that dad buried a while ago, they're missing. We don't know where they are. 
What had happened was the Communist Party forced my grandpa to move the family graves so that the party could use the land to farm. My grandpa had moved three of our family's coffins. Auntie number six, Nguyen Thi Thung, my dad's younger sister, Nguyen Thi Han, and his older brother, Nguyen Hui Mai. My grandpa took care of the graves, but when he got sick, he had to stop. And when he died, the whereabouts of the graves died with him. And this was a big problem. In our culture, we believe that the dead help the living and the living help the dead. For the dead to do well in the afterlife, they need the living to do a slew of rituals like taking care of the graves, lighting incense, and cooking their favorite meals. In turn, the dead protect the family. But because the graves were missing, the family started experiencing a series of unfortunate events. People say if you lose the graves, your kids can't make a living or do well in school. Like in my house, everyone is worrying. My sister, she is always sick. And my brother had a daughter that passed away in a freak accident. Then other bad things happened. We often think back of the missing graves. So my siblings went to a psychic and the psychic said that the arm, the dead people, they hate us. They're upset that we're alive and not taking care of our dead ancestors. So they curse us. While everyone is arguing about what to do, my dad's eldest brother speaks up. We need to find the coffins, so let's split up. So we go from person to person and divvy up the task. But I say to everyone, if we don't know where the coffins are, how are we even going to bring anything home? My cousin says, there's this teacher who can help. Long ago, she was a regular villager, but one day, the dead possessed her. Then she had this ability to speak to the dead. When my dad's cousin says teacher, he doesn't mean like a school teacher. In Vietnam, teacher is an umbrella word for people who are deeply in touch with the spiritual world. You go to them to get back at your ex, curse your landlord, or find the dead. That's the kind of teacher my dad's cousin was talking about. My cousin says, my son went to that teacher. What had happened was, he had just bought land. Then he built a house, and then late at night, my son's wife had gone to bed. But she had been woken up by two shadowy figures that kept walking back and forth in their house. They seemed like two ghost children. She was horrified. So my cousin met this teacher, and the teacher said, That house you built, there are two dead people buried underneath there. That's why they wander the house. So my cousin asked, how can I get rid of them? And the teacher said, you need to gather their remains and relocate their bodies somewhere else. So your cousin, was he able to dig up and find the bodies? Yes, two people. There were two corpses. They scooped them up and they buried them somewhere else. After that, 
the family never saw the two ghosts again. After everyone hears this story, we all agree that we should visit this teacher. And then everyone says that I should be the one to go. Because they say that I am lucky. But I also want to go. Like, deep in my body, I am curious. The next day, my dad hops on a moped and zips along the highway, passing rice paddies and tobacco fields. Then he turns onto the long dirt road, and finally, he arrives at the teacher's house. I arrive in the evening, and her house is pretty shabby. There's a huge crowd. A lot of people go. A lot of people go, like 200 people. They're all waiting outside to go in. So I have to stay overnight. I sleep outside. Then finally, in the morning at 11 a.m., they call my name. Once inside the home, I start to think, this is odd. She prays to so many gods. Like, there are so many altars and incense. I can't imagine how anyone could pray so much. Then we go upstairs and the teacher tells me to pray. I start praying. She lights an incense. I do the same. She smiles. She looks so gentle and relaxed. Then she asked me, What do you need? I tell her, my dad has three coffins that were buried in the sand, but we don't know where they are. Is it possible for you to channel him so we can find the graves? She says, in your house, there is a special altar for one of your important ancestors. Matoko, why didn't you talk to her? Why'd you come here? I said, I don't know. I just heard that you're the person that finds lost graves. But now that I know, I'll go ask Batoko. But since I'm already here, can you give me some advice? She puts her hands together and prays and starts mumbling something. I have no idea what she's doing, but she keeps on mumbling. And then her hands and feet start shaking. All of a sudden, her body just changes. I look into her face and it isn't rosy anymore. So pale. Her eyes are bulging. It's not normal. Then in my dad's voice, she says, Son, is that you? I say, yeah, greetings, dad. Then he asked me, When did you come home to Vietnam? 
Then I wonder, how does this lady know that I came home? Well, since you've come home, are you doing good? I say, I'm doing well. Are your kids well? I say, they are doing good. Then I say, how is mom down there? Is she well? He says, she's doing well. All my brothers and sisters are here too. Okay, I want to speak to mom. But he says, you can't speak to her. She's busy. She's not home. She's out having fun. Then the teacher starts shaking and my dad says, All right then, I'm leaving. Then the teacher returns back to normal. She asked me, Chú mày đi ra đây để mà tìm lại mã mò này kia nữa hả? You came here to find the graves, right? I say, Yes, can you please show me? Cứ bắt đầu bà nó kìa, ờ. She lights incense and all of a sudden she looks like she's getting possessed again. When I look into her eyes, they look off. They are bulging and they look harsh and mean. Then she asks, Sir, what village do you come from? The person talking isn't her. She is speaking very formally. She doesn't sound happy. I told her, I come from some chai. She says, You need to go to the village tomorrow. Go down the main road and at the very end, make a right. Then go down half a kilometer where you will see two huge tombstones. Turn right. There you'll see a giant palm tree. From the palm tree, step forward five steps. There you will find the graves that you are looking for. She starts shaking again. And then she is done. After hearing everything, I was shaken. It all seemed so unexpected. It felt like I was sitting right in front of my dad. So with her body shaking and her face changing colors, weren't you scared? Nah, I was normal. Other people might be scared, but I just sat and answered whatever was asked. Oh my god, you're lying. If a person gets possessed and their voice changes, aren't you a little bit scared? No, I'm not scared. My body is super awake. I'm not scared of that. That's me. But yeah, lots of people would be scared. So I go home. I let everyone know what went on. Now, even though the teacher tells us that we should leave tomorrow, our stomachs are so hot and impatient that we want to leave right away. So we leave at midnight on our mopeds. 
It's difficult to see, so we take our flashlights. We go to the exact spot the teacher describes. We dig and dig. But we can't find the graves. So we go home. We go back to the teacher and she tells us to bring her a handful of dirt from that spot. So we bring her the dirt and she says, Yeah, this is right. Now go home and do it again, but first go pray to Batoko. She will possess one of your family members. And that person will help you out. At 6 a.m., five or six of us head to the spot. Before going out, we ask for help at Batoko's altar. Then we take a few mopeds and head out. Your uncle's Honda has a sidecar, and in the sidecar there are three new coffins. We drive along the path that the teacher showed us. On the way... I look around and I see cemeteries and palm trees and finally arrive at the white sand beach. We find two tombstones. We look right and there's that super big palm tree. We take five steps to arrive at the spot, just like the teacher said. We all huddle up and set up incense, candle lights, wine, fruits. We arrange it on the sandy floor and start praying. Then I light an incense and say, We come here to find the lost caskets. We burn the paper, gold, and money. We sprinkle medicine and salt. Then right when we finish praying, my nephew starts shaking. He looks like a crazy person. I think he got possessed by Batoko. Then he jumps to a spot and he starts clawing at the dirt with his bare hands. He hits the floor. And we mark the dirt to remember that spot. Then he calls at a second spot and we mark that spot. He scratches at the third spot and we put something there as well. Then, Batoko leaves my nephew's body. She disappears and he looks normal again. But after he was finished being possessed, like, did you even ask or check to see if he was okay? No, no asking or checking. Whatever he clawed, we just marked the spot and started digging. My sibling starts digging at the first mark. Someone else brings over one of the coffins so it's ready to go. My younger brother digs about three feet deep and then he says, Oh, Brother Hung, we dug it up. I can see the casket. I say, okay, let me see. Everyone crowds over. It looks exactly like a coffin. I said, keep on digging. Let's finish and find all three. Only then we will know. 
Then we go to the second spot. We dig and we hit a large plank. And that plank turns out to be another old coffin. When I touch it, it falls apart. I said, okay, the third spot. We dig and find the third coffin. Just like the teacher said. After seeing the coffins, I think... The teacher was right. So we finish up, we head out, and that night we go to Batoko's altar with fruits. And soon after, you know, I return to the U.S., and ever since my family in Vietnam, they've been taking care of the graves. But isn't there maybe a chance that someone put fake caskets there? No. When we dug, we found the coffins. How could it be fake? But like, how did you know that it wasn't someone else's casket? Well, we had to believe. If we didn't, what was the point of going? So now that you were able to find it, was your family luck restored? Did anything change? Yeah, like about a year and a half later, the house was finally peaceful. We had a sister that was sick and then she was no longer sick. And did your life change? My life? It seems the same. <laughs> but when I think about it, there is this weird thing. Whenever I run out of money, suddenly money comes in. And whenever I bet on football and lose all my money, the following week, there is tons of extra work that comes in. My dad's usually super busy with sports, and it's hard to get FaceTime with him. So I was surprised that we talked for over eight hours. And towards the end, I realized that one day my dad would also die and that I'd need to take care of him. So I asked him where he wanted to be buried. He said next to his parents in the village. Then I asked him if he minded where I was buried. He said he'd love for us to be buried together so that we could stay together in the afterlife. But that ultimately, it was for me to choose. Shortly after... Okay, some joy. He got antsy about the basketball game starting. No, not yet. I need to ask uh, one other question. Do you have time or should I ask another day? No, let's just do it once. You speak so much. <laughs> are you are you hungry? <laughs> no, not hungry. Just ask whatever you need and let's finish. Big thanks to Papa Nguyen 
Risha Lala, your daughter Annie Nguyen, who produced this story. And love and thanks as well to our voice actor, George Q. Nguyen. Please understand that the translation was condensed for clarity. The original score was by Renzo Gorio. It was produced by Annie Nguyen. Walk this dark path together. Spook season six. Maybe your father has a story too. A story he's hidden from you until now. Tell me about it. Spooked at snapjudgment.org. There is nothing better than a spook story from a spook listener. And of course, the very best way to let the dark side know you spooked is by sporting spook gear. The t-shirt of your dreams available right now at snapjudgment.org. And remember... If you like your storytelling under the bright light of day, if you like storytelling that will change your life, get the amazing, stupendous Snap Judgment podcast. It's storytelling with a beat. This book was created by the team that senses the change in season deep in their bones everyone except for Mark Ristich because he's a shorts guy there's Anna Sussman our chief spookster Eliza Smith Annie Nguyen Chris Hambrick Lauren Newsom, Leon Morimoto Renzo Gorio Davey Kim Teo Ducat Marissa Dodge Zoe Frigno Tiffany DeLiza Ann Ford Doug Stewart and Isaiah Sims the spook theme song is by Pat Masini Miller my name is Gun Washington and remember even if you think you know someone. They're always holding one story back. Just like the shadow keeps a secret or two in reserve, you too, you need a plan B. The best course of action I can advise is to never, ever, never, ever, never, ever turn out the lights. This story was summoned in the dark of night by KQED and PRX.